Hi guys, welcome to episode nine of Girls and Beers. I don't think we have anything that exciting to start with this week. Every week we seem to talk about the Barbie movie and we've overdone it now. So (laughs) we'll just fill you in on our weekends. I don't know where it went to be honest, but I went to a wedding after last week's episode where we spoke to Libby about weddings and major update on this wedding I went to. I know we spoke a lot about like what to wear to weddings and stuff like that. At this wedding, there were two girls, both wearing white dresses. So controversial. And I was like, I said to my friend, I was like, is that girl wearing white? And she was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't. I'll go for like a pastel colour that will be as light as, I, as yeah. I'll go. Or like white and something else. I think that's very bold, turning up in just white. Because <laughs> I saw one and I was like, oh, wow. Like after It's been like such a topic at the moment amongst my friends, like wearing white to a wedding. I saw this one girl, I was like, wow. And then I saw another girl and I was like, two white dresses. Like that is crazy. Um, but yeah, I went to the wedding on Friday, Saturday, what did I do? All the days are kind of blurred into one. One of the days, I can't remember which, if it was Saturday or Sunday, gathered my friends around and we had a wholesome day making friendship bracelets. That's very wholesome. I don't think I've ever made a friendship bracelet in my life, but maybe that's just... They've like all fallen off. I made so many, I got so into it. I made an anklet, I made two bracelets, I made a bracelet for Harry, I made him a little thing for his zip oh yeah yeah they've all fallen off so I'm like finding them around my house (laughs) yeah I don't think I've ever made one of those not even when I was younger but I think that's just just haven't had enough friends to do that with do you remember loom bands I do remember loom bands do you remember that thing I'm not gonna do an impression of it did you ever see that video on Facebook about loom bands (laughs) I think if anyone's listening, you know what we're talking about, then you know. If you know, you know. Type in loom bands. Probably find it. There was like a whole loom band phase. (laughs) Trying to join the hype, but I could never figure out how to do a bracelet, to be honest. So. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, how was your weekend at Pride? Yeah, so I, for anyone not listening, I went to Brighton Pride's and I don't know if you can really hear it on the mic but I've now got a cold so god knows who I've got that from uh but thanks um but to be honest the weather was awful like Mm. um so our way of getting into Brighton all of my friends were coming from Eastbourne and I live just outside of Brighton so I was going to get on the bus and meet them on there I'm standing there at this bus shelter thing I'm wearing bright pink and I wasn't going to change my outfit for the weather. I got this play suit thing. Don't know. But I'm wearing bright pink. It's very obvious where I am going. <laughs> and the bus just goes past me. It doesn't stop. And it says it's full. And I'm like standing there. It's so windy. It's raining. And I'm like, right, I'll wait for the next bus. If it doesn't stop, I'm going home. Next bus doesn't stop. And I'm like, right, I'll wait for the next bus. If that don't <laughs> stop, I'm going home. And then that bus stopped. So I managed to get on that. And then we just stood in the cold for a couple of hours watching the parade. But luckily I went to a petrol station the day before and I bought a poncho. Didn't go with my outfit because it was <laughs> dark navy. Um, and 
my friend also had it so I didn't have it on me when I was at the bus stop (laughs) but thank god I've never worn a poncho in my life this thing was going all over the place I looked like a Roblox character whenever the wind blew it was crazy but overall it was good and uh, I mean I came back quite early to be honest started early came home early and I went to bed what do you actually do at Pride? Do you just watch it go past or do you like join in with it? Well, before I've never watched the Pride. I didn't actually know there was a Pride before. Um, when did I last go? It's like 2019 when I last went. And I just get drunk at Spoons before because I didn't know you could like buy event things. And this time I went to like this thing called PVP which I wasn't really in there for long enough, but bearing in mind it was like 30 quid. Wait, so what was it? It's just like a street party thing. And I literally, I, the girls that we went with, I was literally saying to my friend, like, I feel like we're just paying just to get to more bars when there's already loads of bars and there's just going to be a vibe all around Brighton anyway. It wasn't a vibe all around Brighton because it was fucking raining. So <laughs> nowhere near as busy as when I went before um so the weather was quite homophobic actually um but yeah that was that and hopefully next year has nicer weather I guess (laughs) and now we're back to work (laughs) then next day well next day was Sunday but I was working Sunday working Monday working Tuesday working Wednesday working Thursday working Friday working Saturday working Sunday it's never-ending but I am going on holiday next week, so I'm not working when I'm... Actually, no, I am working when I'm away on that one. But the next two holidays, I'm not going to be working. <laughs> oh, it's my birthday next week, so I'm going oh. to take time off. Which day does it fall on? A Friday. Oh, okay. I feel so like that's a good a day. Birthday episode. Next week, the next episode is going to be a birthday episode. You've heard it here now. Yeah, I feel like Friday's a good day because, like, if it's at the weekend, you probably won't take any extra time off. But, like, because it's a Friday, might even make it, like, from Thursday on. Yeah. Do it. Long weekend, a long birthday weekend. It'll be my whole birthday month if it was me. I'll be going on about my birthday. Yeah, I'm thinking that. I'm like, just Leo season is the whole party. Yeah, exactly. So... This week, we do have another guest on. Yes. So this week, we have Rhiannon from Garnet PR. She is a PR and visibility expert. Um, But Molly and I don't really know anything about PR. So no. if you don't either, then this is probably going to be a good episode because we're going to get hopefully a nice introduction into it um, and actually learn what it is as a start because we are clueless um but yeah we will get her in hi Hi, uh, so obviously we've given a quick intro already into like how you work in PR for anyone that doesn't know what PR is what what is PR okay so yeah so PR is public relations that's what it stands for and it's basically about getting visible featuring in the media using tools, I would say, using tools that are not just social media. It's about expanding your visibility and connecting with your audience and influencing them through the content that you're putting out that falls outside of the social media realm. So there's lots of different tools and tactics that you can use um, You can use with PR, but it's about effectively communicating with your audience. 
Okay. And how did you get into that then? Like, what made you set up your own company? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll cut a long story shortish. So I've been doing this for a really long time now. So I, um, I did my degree in events management at uni and specialized in the effect of celebrity endorsements on consumer buying behavior, a bit of a mouthful. And I did a module in PR there. So it kind of all stems back from, I must be one of the few people who actually uses their degree for <laughs> their career. So I was really interested in it all the way back from uni and went into charity from there. So I went into charity, working in PR, setting up celebrity engagement strategies. Um, effectively, what I wanted to do was help to harness the voice of influential people, so celebs, to better good causes. So that was my passion. Um, and I worked in environmental charities, conservation charities, animal charities, that is like my absolute thing. So I was there for a really long time, multiple charities, worked at places like um, London Zoo, Dogs Trust, working with, you know, really global A-listers. And then when I moved to Yorkshire for love, I moved to Yorkshire for love, left London behind, <laughs> I went into an agency. Um, and kind of learned about the agency side of business there. So, so it was more kind of learning the business side of things. And then over the course of about 18 months, just decided that actually life was too short to be working with someone else. Yeah. And, you know, doing the night, nine to five, I say nine to five, nine to nine, you know, commuting, like all of that stuff. Yeah. And basically not getting anything extra in my pocket for it. And doing all the work to pay someone else. So, mm -hmm. It was at that point that I was like, right, do you know what? Like, this is the time. I'm going to go for it now. I had a very supportive now husband who was like, right, go for it. Do it now. Otherwise, you'll never know. And that was four years ago now, 2019, set up this company. And it's, it's gone through some changes. I've always done PR through the business. Started out doing PR for rural lifestyle and tourism brands. So um, luxury lifestyle, tourism, attractions, um, outdoor attractions, castles, stately homes, zoos, things like that. And then over time, just naturally found that more and more female entrepreneurs were coming to me. I was just working with more and more women in business who wanted to get more visible, who wanted to start and grow their own businesses, who wanted to show up by featuring in the press or expand their visibility outside of just social media, um, as well as, of course, getting the confidence to show up on social, depending on the phase of their journey that they're in. And that's what's taken us to today, really, in the business. So now we work with female entrepreneurs, passion and purpose-led women to either help them start and grow their businesses and start to ramp up their visibility and then eventually start to bring the, the, you know, the media relations side of things into their businesses and featuring in the press all the way up to then our high-level agency clients who we're delivering their PR strategies for them. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of whistle-stop tour. <laughs> <laughs> so all of your connections that you, obviously you've got to have some connections to get people in like things like magazines and stuff like that did you get that from your previous work experience then from working with all those brands there's definitely an element of I would say the um the tools and tactics of relationship building that's come from previous because I was in quite a different world before um, mm -hmm. there's certainly some crossover and what I would say is that journalism moves fast as well so a lot of my contacts are now at new places but we have kept the relationship going. So I now have moved with them. Same with celebrities as well. I've taken celebrities with me through different charities because we've got that relationship. So the, the strongest tool that you can have in your toolbox to get great PR results, as with anything in business, is relationships. So I have a lot that I've carried with me, but we're also building new relationships every single day. New people come into journalism, new people start at different publications. So it's always a case of looking at 
where do our clients want to be featured? Where's going to really benefit them? Where do our clients want to be showing up? Where are the audiences that are going to help to drive audience growth for our clients? And looking at have we got relationships there? Can we build relationships there? You know, how can we open doors? Like that's that's how we approach things. So there definitely is a little black book that has come with me through the journey, but it is always being added to as well. And I think that in business, we're always doing that. In any in any sphere of business, we're always adding to our little black books, whether it's online, whether it's in the press, whether it's in our own, um, you know, biz besties, like we're always adding to that. Yeah. So what, is there like any really big celebrities that you've worked with? What, what kind of celebrities do you work with? Oh, you're asking me to name drop. <laughs> you don't have to if you can't. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. So, yeah, I mean, I've been very fortunate in when I was at London Zoo, I was there for a long time. So, I was there for about five or six years. And we, you know, as a really um, popular tourist attraction, world famous, oldest zoo in the world, we had a lot of people visiting. We also worked on a lot of um, big films as well. So, I've worked with people like Margaret Robbie, Spice Girls, David Beckham, David Attenborough a lot. He's wonderful. Um, to be honest, Sometimes people pop up on my TV and I'm like, oh, I've worked with them. And I've totally <laughs> forgotten about it because it was um, quite a high football. But in terms of um, the really high kind of level ones, yeah, that's, that's just a few. There's a lot of people who are into different things. So we've worked with a lot of people in the conservation sector. So the big names in that world mm. will probably mean very little to some of the, you know, some of the kind of women in our online world. Um, and then some of the people who've come just for visits with their families and done, you know, like a press trip they won't mean anything to the people in the conservation world so it's been quite broad and yeah I've been lucky enough to work with some incredible incredible people who I am lucky enough to still work with today because I still do a bit of charity consultancy as well. So at this point I could ask a really mean question and ask who is your least person least favorite person. <laughs> yeah. but, well um... do you know I would be spilling the secrets there wouldn't I but uh, no. <laughs> do you know what luckily most people have been absolutely wonderful because they're coming into a nice place and it's like I think the big kid comes out in everyone when you're around animals or when you're like you know visiting the zoo for example and then when I've worked on other charity campaigns with celebs they're always there for a nice reason like it's not the mm. same as working in a corporate um you know environment where they're being paid to do a job that perhaps they don't want to do like we just get to work with amazing people who have passion so I'm quite fortunate in that respect I've never really had any bad experiences <laughs> that's good then yeah so I'm kind of wondering like when you're looking at the sort of things that you're organizing and doing for your clients mm. what is the kind of span of PR because a lot of what I see is the kind of getting in the newspapers and the magazines and I kind of wonder how far it spans for you like is it also like influencer marketing and press trips like what's the kind of range of stuff that comes under what you do? Well, I've done it all in the past. So in, in all of the different the different organizations I've worked in, we've done a lot of different things. So um, like I said, my background's events management. So we've done a lot of press events, you know, I've done it was always one of my favorite things. I set up an event um that was Christmas in July. So a lot of the long lead we call them media, so your big glossy monthly magazines, they're working on their December, January issues now. So they start yeah. on Christmas in July. So we I used to host a Christmas in July event every July. And it's mad having like Christmas themed cupcakes and mulled <laughs> wine and mulled cider in like the baking heat, not this year, but you know, in the baking heat. So I've done lots of press trips like that, lots of filming, on-site filming, off-site filming, um, influencer marketing. Yeah, so working with influencers, working with bloggers. And that spans the whole kind of um, the breadth of my career, really, from working in those big charities to even working with smaller entrepreneurs who are working with what you would call micro-influencers. So, you know, people with kind of less than 5,000 people following them whether that's changed now but that used to be what a micro influencer was 
um, you know, working with them to position products for them that work for their audience and creating those relationships. So influencer marketing, people think it's for the big brands like they do with PR, but actually even the small businesses can really mm. maximize and harness the power of influencer marketing, um, especially more kind of your product-led businesses. But there's no reason why service providers couldn't look at how they can maximize that as well. Um, we do a lot with, uh, up here in Yorkshire, I look after a stately home, I look after their Christmas campaign every year. And we always have a press night for, for them and we invite local media, regional media, and then Yorkshire-based bloggers. So they're obviously influencing their audiences who are then going to drive football to the site. So there's really clever ways that all sizes of brands can be harnessing the power of PR from across all of those things. So, you know, when you're thinking about traditional media relations, like you've mentioned, getting featured in the magazines, getting featured in the newspapers, that's what people traditionally think of. But what we're doing right now is PR, like podcast interviewing, yeah. guest speaking on stages, working with influencers or bloggers, you know, any of those things also fall under the remit of PR. The lines are definitely blurred nowadays between PR and digital marketing because both have evolved so much. Um, whereas PR used to be, you know, the only way to communicate with your audiences was featuring in the, in the newspapers, in the magazines, on TV, on radio, you know, your traditional media outlets now because we've got so much more available to us, obviously digital marketing has evolved into its own thing. So the lines are definitely blurred between mm. all of these different things. And the digital marketer would probably say that, you know, email marketing, podcasting, all of these kind of things fall into their sector. But I would argue that it falls into PR as well. And there's, <laughs> there's no competition. The more visible you can get, the more success you're going to have. So I'm here for all of it. Yeah, there's definitely like a blurred line because... I mean, there's a lot of things that we do in like digital marketing, like you say, that cross over, like trying yeah. to get seen and kind of get backlinks to other places. Um, yeah, 100%. And obviously like influencer marketing and stuff like that, we could say, oh, that's something we're doing, but it's definitely PR as well. So it's interesting. Yeah, they all sit under the same marketing umbrella. It's, this, yeah. it's always like this, it's like competition between yeah. like, and digital marketing. And it's not actually the best strategies are when everything comes together and you're looking at spreading your risk and having that omni-channel approach. Mm. So thinking about how you can be communicating with new audiences, how you can be elevating your visibility by using all of the tools available to you, whether you call it digital marketing, whether you call it PR, it doesn't really matter as long as you're spreading your risk and diversifying your strategy. That's how you're mm. going to get the best results. So, yeah. I think also instead of seeing it as competition, actually knowing when you can collaborate. So, for example, 100%. I might say, okay, I've got a client who wants me to source some influencers. I might actually be best coming to you because you're probably going to have far better contacts than me. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. And that's actually the, you know, the, the bigger brands, they're going to have full marketing teams where they've got a PR person or a PR team and a marketing team and an email marketing team and a social media team. They're going to have all of these people underneath their, probably their comms division, you'd call it communications in like the, the bigger kind of brands. But so when we're thinking about small businesses, we, we see people pigeonhole themselves a little bit like, oh, but I'm only going to do this little thing. Whereas actually, if you were thinking about using all of the different bits and building a really collaborative approach within your own business, like that's going to give you the most bang for your buck and the most um, mm. results back, you know, the bigger results back. So it's also, like you said, thinking about what's going to drive the most impact. So, you know, actually, most small businesses will start on social. And that's a great way to start because you build your audience, you build your awareness, you build your visibility. Then you can add other things into the mix. So then you might build up your email list and start nurturing and emailing people on your list. And you might add in another social channel. 
you might add in a podcast or you might start to be a guest on other people's podcasts then you might add in media relations and there's no like hard and fast way of, of which way round is the best way the sooner you can start doing more with your visibility the better and obviously from a PR perspective the credibility and authority that comes with being featured in the press and getting those amazing as seen in logos and you know having yourself out there building your backlinks through building a digital footprint um, on online pieces like the faster and further your business is going to get um what I see is some people just holding themselves back and feeling safe in their space on social and just concentrating there and mm. you know actually not thinking outside the box so feeling like they're scared to go and do podcast interviews or they're scared to go and speak on stages or host guest master classes or feature in the press because it's outside of the safe social bubble that they know whereas actually mm -hmm. the most powerful visibility and PR strategy is going to be one that expands beyond just social media for sure and there's a quote as well like if you play small you stay small like if you're I kind of believe that if you're always like oh I'm just a small business like if you're always calling yourself small and acting small you're going to stay small 100 percent. Like, that's a great saying like, everyone should everyone should know that thing <laughs> <laughs> love a quote <laughs> we love quotes we're constantly dropping quotes <laughs> love <laughs> I was gonna say so um obviously you've worked in PR for quite a while and obviously everything's probably evolved since when you first started out like with internet being absolutely massive now um whereas like before it might have been more like physical traditional stuff like magazines newspapers things like that would you say it's kind of like a positive or a negative thing because obviously there's a positive of you having more exposure but sometimes that exposure could lead to backlash and things like that and is there also to add on to that is there like a way for if people do get involved with campaigns a bit like for example I don't know like the Kendall Jenner in the coke advert or whatever mm -hmm. advert it was and she received really big backlash to, ha to that how should people kind of go about with dealing with backlash and like negative things online in terms of that no, obviously not as big as Kendall Jenner yeah the, well the first thing that I say to my clients who are starting to look at that next level visibility is to not read the comments so yeah. the people who sit there keyboard warrioring are not going to be your ideal clients, right? <clears throat> so the first thing to do is to really get your blinkers on and to know the higher purpose from which you're coming and the purpose and vision that you have for your visibility and why you're stepping up, why you're showing up, why you're going to put yourself out there at that next level, because it is next level stuff. Why you want to do that? Like, what is the bigger reason behind it? And always be motivated and fired by that. So if you feature in a publication where then, you know, you get some, some keyboard warriors who are like commenting, but you also get five DMs or five emails from people who are like, you have inspired me. You have completely like changed my perspective on this. I resonated so much. Like, was it worth it? If you've got a deeper passion and purpose, I would say that yes, it is. And you're always going to come up against people like, even in the online space, how toxic can the online space be sometimes, right? Mm. So thinking about, you just really have to be solid in who you are, who you help and how you want to help people and be driven by that deeper purpose because actually it makes all the rest of it kind of just become noise. I actually said this to a client um, a couple of weeks ago. I said to her, you'll love this, a quote, a lion doesn't um, concern itself with the opinion of sheep. 
Okay, mm -hmm. so that is such a good quote to keep in mind because actually when you're thinking about that, who do you want to be talking to? You want to be talking to the other lions, right? You don't really care what the sheep are doing. So let them just get on with it. And the, the biggest kind of piece of advice that I have is to make sure that you're protected in certain ways. So as your business gets bigger and you get more visible, chances are people are going to come after you a little bit more. People are going to have opinions. So, you know, there'll be legal protection that you want to have in place over your brand. I'm thinking about as well, where do you want to be showing up? What is the impact that you want to be making? What are the key messages that you want to be getting across? Like, what do you want to be known for? Really, really simple question that stumped so many people. Like when a lot of people come and start working with us from a PR perspective, it peels back the layers and they have to really get like deep into what they want to be known for. So when you're really solid in that and you've got a bigger mission, then actually you're so laser focused on that that you don't really worry about the rest. So it's about knowing where you want to be, where your audience is, who are the people that you want to help and how can you reach them? What are the messages that you want to get across? And as long as you're staying true to that and acting in alignment with your business, then the noise and the toxicity is, is just kind of that. It's just noise. So you learn how to handle mm -hmm. it and move through it for sure. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. To kind of like <coughs> flip that question uh, on like more of like, a, I mean, that was quite like a negative question, but more positive. What would you say is like one of your favorite campaigns you've worked on? Um, do you know what we've worked on so many mm -hmm. and often it's like the smaller stuff that is really powerful like we've worked on some really big global campaigns sold out experiences months on end just from the back of PR but for me what lights me up the most is like when we get a really powerful piece of coverage for someone or a client a coaching client gets their first piece of press coverage or they get a piece of press coverage that drives a lead for them of an absolute dream client like they're the things that really light me up so we've had um, one of our clients is nick pigeon so we've done um, a campaign with her earlier this year around international women's day and then we did a second campaign around um her expertise in positive psychology and suicide prevention and the international women's day she got lots of nice coverage but the shining star for her was featuring in her regional lifestyle publication living north that she read when she was growing up like in newcastle she read that picked it up like glossy magazine it was the place to be so when she was featured in them in there by um by them for international women's day like it was a real heart moment like she was so excited about that and that makes me really happy because that's like making a dream come true and that's so exciting and it was she was being celebrated as one of like 11 women from the north that the magazine was proud of um for international women's day like how amazing is that when you've grown up reading that publication and then another one a client who's in my um my pitchcraft group coaching program learning how to do PR she secured a really amazing piece of national coverage showing her personal story but also fed into her business it gave um, the story of how she ended up setting her business up and she's just found a client off the back of that like a dream client who's just come in literally straight off the back of it and and that is the stuff that really makes the difference because you're making a real impact and like of course the big charity campaigns are you know, super exciting, the big product campaigns where you're getting loads of things in Christmas gift guides, the big um, profile raising pieces are always lovely, but it's the things that have real meaning to people that are always the ones that are super exciting. And, and where someone's overcome like a mindset block around them not being big enough to be visible or not being, you know, good enough to feature in the press or not having enough to say. And when we move through that together and they then 
take action and they get the pieces of media coverage or they start to show up on social media and they they go live or they do their first podcast interview or guest masterclass and it's the feelings that come with it and the excitement and the breaking through their own glass ceiling that's the stuff that is you know really really kind of drives me and motivates me like that's my passion and purpose to help other women to show up and use their voice so it's exciting when they do yeah, yeah. it's like seeing the results is like yeah makes it feel like it's all paying off um, 100% that's exactly it like you know when you see it coming back and you see it having an impact whether it's helping someone whether it's driving a lead for your business whether it's building your confidence so that you can grow to the next phase like whatever the impact is of that that's the really exciting bit so I was gonna ask is there a difference between I guess this probably is more in the case of like magazines and kind of publications is there a difference between pitching yourself somewhere and getting featured and paying for a feature because I've seen a lot what I I think a lot of people probably have had a lot of messages and emails along the lines of you can pay $500 and we'll put you in like the best like female entrepreneurs ever and I'm just like block delete is there like would someone typically expect to pay for a feature or is it always just a case of you pitch and see what happens don't get me started on these top 10 lists they're (laughs) absolute rubbish okay so the first thing is that you do not have to pay for any features (laughs) You do not have to pay to be paid to be featured in the press. You can absolutely do it on your own back with no fees involved. Like that's PR. When you're paying for stuff, that is advertising. It is not PR. Yeah. So let's get that really straight. Like that is not PR. PR is about, if we look at it from a press perspective and being featured in the media, it's about being featured in the press is an impartial recommendation by that journalist and that media outlet that gives you the credibility on authority because they are showing trust in you as an expert in what you have to say, that Mm. impartial recommendation creates the transferable trust from the media outlet to the person who's featured. And that is PR, okay? When you're paying to be featured, that is advertising because you're effectively just exchanging money for a slot. Mm. They don't really care. Obviously they're gonna make sure that you're in some way aligned with their publication, you would hope, but you're paying to be in there, okay? So you can really say what you want within reason. And that is not the same as PR, because with PR, you have to approach it from the audience first perspective. You have to be giving value, have to be saying something worthwhile for the publication and the journalist to give you the space in their publication so that you're in front of their hard won loyal audience. Right? They've worked hard to build that up. So they're not just going to give that space to anyone. Mm. Whereas when you're paying, they're just saying, cool, pay, you can have this slot. Yeah. Right? People can see the difference. Consumers can see the difference. Advertising has far less of an impact than a PR piece. And there's a great Richard Branson quote around um, a front page. Publicity is far more valuable than a front page ad or something like that. And it's a really, really powerful quote. And it's so true because actually the impact of PR and the impartiality of the recommendation of being featured in the press by a journalist for free is so much greater than just paying to be in a list or paying to be in a publication Mm -hmm. and for me there's not enough transparency around that you see people sharing these like top 10 lists I'm a top 10 coach I'm you know okay well anyone could be that you could not even have to be a coach and pay 500 quid to get it like it means nothing wouldn't you rather learn the skills or hire an agency 
to get you real coverage where you're sharing your expertise and you're called upon to share your voice because it's valuable to your to their audience right is that not far more rewarding than chucking 500 mm. quid I had someone come to me once who had been offered I think it was like five grand to feature in Forbes and I was like it's up to you if you want to do it like it's not a, it's not a bad thing as long as you're transparent about it and there's transparency around how that's been featured but would you not rather like get featured off your own back for free for the things mm. that you're sharing and your expertise and just chucking five grand at something and some people would like to do that and that's fine if that's what you really want there's nothing bad about paying for press coverage but it's the transparency that is that comes with it that's important I think mm. and sometimes you can tell as well like when someone is featured on one of those top 10 lists it's usually a really short snippet and you can kind of there's no it always feels that there's no kind of I don't know it doesn't feel like it's put together making sense it's just kind of like anyone who would pay is on the list yeah and that's it and and you know if you can see that and I can see that and so many other people can see that it's actually really detrimental to your reputation and you know reputation can take like five years to build and five seconds to destroy so why would you take the risk of doing that yeah you can see through these things now like it, people, consumers are smart they're savvy they're not you know we're not we're not stupid as people we can see that and we see all these things coming out all the time and we know how many dms we get as well in this online space hmm. so you see that and you're like okay well that re- literally means nothing and actually it probably yeah. has a negative effect now because you judge that person which we shouldn't but because we've seen so much of it actually people can see through it it'd be far better off to hmm. work on your strategy and learn the skills or work with a professional to get a really strong piece of free PR coverage, press coverage, that is going to benefit for you for, you know, the long term and be respected and be celebrated 100%. Yeah, it definitely makes you sceptical because like now if I see like in someone's bio, they're like, oh, I'm in the top 10 Forbes list. I'm like, okay, like it almost like actually does more harm than good probably, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Some of them are really great. Like some of them still do amazing lists. Um, you know there's some great publications who do celebrate you know like Forbes 30 under 30 from my knowledge I don't think anyone pays to be in that Um, and they're really really coveted and you know and they're really respected and the respected publications less so Um, it's where you see some of the some of the others I won't name names but it's some of the (laughs) others who do it all the time where you're just like this literally means nothing because it's not like an annual awards thing it's not like Mm -hmm. a you know, really big fanfare that you're known for. It's just like obviously a piece of paid content. Yeah. It's just the transparency around that because they're not transparent around the fact that it's a paid for piece. That makes it questionable. And that's where you have to then you then you destroy the trust of the consumer. So it'd be better to focus mm. on the the actual pure PR that is really powerful, positive, transferable trust than to throw something so throw money at something for a quick win that actually isn't going to do you any good in the long term. Yeah, this brings me on to another thing, actually. So I think this was in my like first year of business. Um, I was nominated for an award, went through the whole process, um, got to like a semi-finalist, was invited to the award ceremony and then was told that I would have to pay for myself and a certain amount of people, I think, to fill a table to go to this award ceremony. And then at that point, I kind of felt a bit scammed and I felt like, I'd been nominated for this award to then just like be asked for money. And I don't know if that's something you know about, whether that's normal, whether it's worth it. What's your views on it? It's fairly standard. It's fairly standard for awards to then um, to then sell spaces on their tables and sell kind of tickets to their awards. 
each award ceremony will do it differently. So some might, you know, give the nominee a free ticket and then if they want to bring people, they pay for a seat at the table. Some might say, you know, you have to buy a certain amount of seats to come. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I have a great in-depth experience of because we tend to focus more on the media relations side of things, the visibility side of things, and we'll help people to do award submissions. But in terms of how actual award ceremonies run their kind of pricing structures, mm-hmm. it's quite it's quite individual to each um each awards kind of thing I would say but it's not unusual it's not unusual for people to charge for that no it's it's frustrating but it's yeah. not unusual <laughs> it kind of makes you feel like a bit put down because you think you get this like euphoria of like oh wow I've been chosen for this thing and then they're kind of like okay now you need to pay and you're like oh <laughs> yeah it's how you see it you know if you really want yeah. getting any award is an accolade and if you just saw it as um you know a seat at the table and actually you're just paying to go to the, the award ceremony then it's how you approach that and how yeah. you want to feel about that I suppose in terms of the reframe but it's yeah it's not unusual but I equally can see the side of it being like oh kind of you know I thought I was you know in this awards thing and it was you know I get to yeah. go to the ceremony it's really unique to how each person runs it so I would say that don't be don't be put off <laughs> by awards because they're super powerful and again great PR yeah. opportunities again that trust building that credibility that authority um it's just about how how you feel about paying for a seat in the room is entirely kind of individual to each person I think I was it's kind of like one of those naive things as well like I was in my first year of business I started at 21 so I was kind of like oh wow I've been nominated for this thing and then and then you learn that like the ins and outs of how all these businesses work and then as you get to know your business you're kind of like well they've got to make money somehow and that's it you know that it doesn't take away from the nomination doesn't mm. take away from you being you know in the running for the award it's yeah, it's just one of those things isn't it yeah I think in the end I couldn't go anyway so I was kind of like I'm gonna frame it as like I'm glad to be nominated I'll shout yeah the semi-finalist but I can't be bothered to go <laughs> well there we go look there, there's the reframe isn't it you know celebrate <laughs> celebrating the nomination is exciting yeah obviously you've kind of stressed the importance of having connections and it's kind of who you know what advice would you give for making connections do you go to networking events is it just does it just kind of happen naturally what's the kind of situation in terms of business or in terms of PR contacts um I guess both really probably the PR contacts fine so yeah networking is is really important we'll think about it from a business perspective the best thing you can do to build your little black book of business contacts and your relationships is to be in the room. So get in as many rooms as possible, you know, have conversations, treat everything like a relationship, um, you know, have conversations, DMs, go to events, like find those people that you look up to and respect, see if they're hosting in-person events, because naturally the people that will be in the room, if you're attracted to them, you're probably going to get on with people in that room. Every time I go to an in-person event, I'll sign a client off the back of it at some point down the line. Because being in person with people is like, it literally supercharges how fast you build your relationship with them. We spend so much of our time offering through screens, you know, through DMs, like faceless conversations or through Zoom or, um, you know, sitting in our own four walls. That Actually being in person now is just such a fast track to creating those, um, those relationships. So definitely getting in the room equally being in group programs, being in masterminds, being in memberships, like getting as many of them as you can. If you're going to learn something from the host and you're going to be in the room of people who are like-minded or who are going to be a great connection for you in some way, whether that's going to be, 
a complimentary service so that you can point your clients in the direction of someone else, whether that is someone that you can collaborate with to increase both of your visibilities and access each other's audiences. Like that's a really powerful PR tool, OPAs, other people's audiences. Um, Facebook groups, like just getting as visible as possible in as many places as possible is the quickest way to build your connections, build your reputation, get your name out there. Because what you want to do is get people talking about you in a really positive way. And build, building those relationships comes from being seen. So that's the most important thing. With PR contacts, it's really all about being ready. So being PR ready, having the, the media toolkit that you need in order to start pitching to the press. Um, knowing your business foundations are solid. So this is where we start with every client, whether it's a coaching client, whether it's an agency client, we'll always start by making sure that they are really clear on their ideal client, like what they're offering. Um, so who they are, who they help, how they help them, all of those really solid business foundations, what their brand is. We always start there because then what you can do is build from that. And when you're thinking about building your relationships with the press, it's about putting out really valuable content that's going to be of value to their audience. So you always approach it with an audience first mind thinking, OK, these guys have got this space that I want to be in and I want to be in it for free. So therefore, what value can I give to their readers that's going to make them look good? So every journalist and every publication, you just have to imagine them having a poster on their head that says, like, make me look good. Right. That's what they want. They want to sell more issues. They want to get more work. Like that's that's effectively what publications and journalists want. So what can we give to them that ticks that box for them? We can give them valuable content. So if we approach it from there, then we build the relationships because we make the journalists look good because it's a great piece that they've been able to feature and we make the magazine look good because then obviously we help to sell their issues. So that will then start to build that trust with that contact. And it's all about know, like, and trust. It's the same in online. It's the same in in-person business. It's the same in bricks and mortar shops. It's the same with PR. It's the same with everything. It's the same with sales, right? Everything is based on know, like, and trust. So if you approach it in the same way, and you think of it as a not what's in it for me, but what can I give to them? Mm. How can I help them? That is going to be the thing that really makes you stand out from the crowd and helps you to really fast track that relationship. Because if you're thinking about it from a place of what's in it for me, we come at that with a very different energy to a service energy. So if we come at it from a serving energy and how can we help other people? How can we give value? How can we make them look good? That is very different to how can we get something for ourselves. And, and it's really easy to tell when someone's coming at it from that perspective. And they're the people that want the advertising, really. Like, they're the people that just want to sell themselves, okay? And that's not PR. And press are never going to actively promote you for free. They're just never going to do that because that is not going to create engagement with their audience. So if you can always think from a place of value, that's going to be the thing that builds your relationships. And then... It's really just a case of like treating it like any normal relationship. You wouldn't go to a friend just every time you wanted something. Like yeah. you check in and say, hey, how are you? Like, I saw this piece you wrote, really liked it. This was my top takeaway. Just wanted to let you know, right? That's, that's literally it. We send a digital Christmas card to our contacts every year. Like it's really simple little things that mm. actually build your relationships so that you're not just constantly like asking for things. If you're just always asking for stuff, then you're just, it's one-sided. But when you can build a relationship where you can deliver really valuable um, content assets, stories, pitches to a journalist, 
they're then going to come back to you when they need stuff, when they need experts, you're going to be on radar because they will then trust you because you'll build that. And that's the position you want to be in. And that's the position we're in with a lot of our clients and a lot of our contacts. We have people coming to us now because we're a trustworthy agency and we have great expert clients. So that's where you want to get to. And it just comes with time. It comes with treating it like a normal relationship and not like a what's in it for me. Hmm. And do you ever find it difficult to kind of maintain having so many connections? Do you kind of let them flow naturally or do you kind of really go out of your way to make an effort to keep kind of keep things going with people or? It's kind of a bit of both because we're always pitching and looking at stories and, and working on um, working on things for clients. We naturally have a lot of conversations and obviously I'm in a fortunate position where I've got a team now as well. So we are always having those conversations and always on radar um it is a natural thing you do naturally let it flow if you were literally like every week going through your your little black book and like hi how are you doing like it comes it becomes a bit forced like you don't have to be a forced relationship but where there's a natural like opportunity to check in or what we do is um twice a year we send out client roster so we'll send one out in um the spring and then one out kind of summer autumn so then we're, we've got a reason just to say, hey, this is our updated client roster. These are the people that we're working with. You know, if you need anything, we're here. Just let us know. All right. So it's not an asking anything of them. And it's a check in. And then throughout the year, we'll periodically be having those conversations because we'll be pitching people naturally. And we might see a piece that comes in from someone and we'll just check in with them and be like, hey, love this. Like, this was great. Um, so it is a kind of a bit of both you have to work at any relationship like naturally you have to work at any relationship a marriage a friendship like they all take work and effort okay mm. but you also have to let the flow happen because it can't be a forced a forced relationship because that's it just becomes a bit awkward then doesn't it and you're like <laughs> you're yeah. like the needy friend that's just like hey <laughs> sometimes they can feel a bit one-sided as well especially if you're trying to kind of like be friendly with someone on Instagram and sometimes you can be like really chatty and like reply to their story or something and some people just have such a guard up they're like no <laughs> they just like leave yeah. you on red it's because people get nervous of being sold to now because so yeah. many people do it badly and they drop into the dms and then they're like hey how are you doing like and treat I love your post and then it's like do you want to work with me this is what I've got like and yeah. it's really like boom like that is not relationship building right who wants to be cold sold to in the dms anymore <laughs> Right. So it's it's you kind of have to come at everything from a place of service. Like if you literally had that mantra, like, how can I be of service like that is you don't want to be, you know, walked all over. I only stretch the imagination. You don't want to be getting friend zoned. But if you come at it from that perspective, instead of a what's in it for me, it's just a real energetic shift. And then you actually get to have those really great conversations. Mm. And of course, if you want to move something into a sales conversation, there'll be a natural point where that can happen. But really, if you, you know, if you come at things from that, how can I be of service? It, it won't do you far wrong at all. I think what I've really noticed lately is people are very wary to give anything away for free. So I think when I started in business, mm. everyone was like, here's my freebie, here's free advice. So everyone seemed to be very generous. And then that I've noticed this big shift lately where like if someone has even asked a question, it's like, oh, you learned that from me in this program. I'm like, that's it. Like you <laughs> you can't get anything. And I think I've kind of accidentally done it myself as well, where I'm quite reserved and I don't give a lot away to people because I'm like, well, I don't want to. I've noticed before, like if I help people for free, they're often the people that then just keep trying to get free stuff rather than work mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. Um, 
Is that a shift that you've noticed as well? Yeah, it certainly has happened over the last few years. Um, although some of the best people that I know in business and the highest, you know, the biggest entrepreneurs, if you like, out there, they're giving away their best stuff for free, like some of their best mm. stuff for free. And they're teaching and they're not afraid of educating because actually they know that if someone can get this result from their free stuff, they know that they're going to get mm. so many results from their, their paid stuff. It mm. comes with a level of confidence. It comes with a level of um releasing the fear around if I give something away for free why would someone buy from me like that is definitely a mindset thing Mm. um and there's definitely been a shift away from it it kind of comes down to a personal preference but I would say that actually there's a point of boundaries here so if you're answering a question or you're giving something away for free and then someone keeps coming back and coming back and coming back That then is on you to take responsibility for that situation and say, hey, look, I was really happy to help you with this, but there comes a point where this is a business and I would be so happy to help you in this container. We can cover all of this here, you know? So it's about being really self-aware and protective of your boundaries. The more you let people walk all over you and the more you let people take from you, the more they're going to take from you, okay? So it's a natural thing. If you're not saying no, why would someone say, oh, hey, um, I could get this from you for free, but let me pay you. Like, if someone can just ask you a question, you're going to give them the answer. They can ask you the question because it's natural. Mm. But it's up to you to be like, I'm so happy to help. This is a really great question. We can actually cover this together in this. Shall I send you the information? It's a really, like, natural progression. And if someone says, oh, no, like, you know, I don't have the money to invest, then they're not your person. And that's okay. And they will invest when they're ready. But it's about you having the self-awareness and the confidence to give away some stuff, to give away what you feel called to give away without it feeling icky for you and also without it feeling like you're, um, you know, overgiving or undergiving. Mm. It's about finding that sweet spot, really. So I definitely have seen a shift, but I would say that some of the, the best people that I know who are in my peer groups, who are my coaches, who are, you know, above my coach, my coaches' coaches, they're giving away some of their best stuff for free. And it works and people are engaged. And actually what you want is to create a result for someone. So if you can give a snippet of something away that you teach and you're going to get someone a great result, then it's about helping them to see that if they can get this result from this little thing, imagine the results that they can create when you work together in a bigger format. Right. That's Mm. how I would approach things. And that's how we do approach things. Like I love giving advice away. I love giving like freebies away. I love giving like I love helping people because it comes from that place of how can I be of service? And then we know, like, I have full confidence because my frameworks work and because our clients get results. Like, I know that if they come in to work with me in a program, they're going to get a great result. And mm-hmm. that's, that is a level of, of confidence and, and mindset. And it's taken a lot of work. Like, it's taken a lot of work to get there. And it's an, always an evolution. Um, but I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be swayed by what you see online. If it feels good to you to give some stuff away and to help people, like, do it. Because mm-hmm. it has to feel in alignment with you. If it doesn't feel so good and you want to do less educational content and you don't want to be giving loads of stuff away, fine. Like that is fine as well. There's no judgment in this space. It's about what feels good for you um, and having those boundaries in place so that whatever you do decide then still feels in alignment for you. Does that all make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose as well, it's also about making sure that you're giving rather than other people are asking for it all the time. Yeah, if you feel like someone's taking from you all the time, like Mm. that doesn't feel good either. Mm. So figuring out that sweet spot 
And actually, that's why having free resources is a really great thing to do, because actually you can signpost people to, oh, hey, OK, answer this in this post or like grab this blog because this answers your question mm. like that kind of stuff. Or here's this freebie. This will really help you. Like that's how I would then approach that, because actually, if you are like answering questions all the time, like that should be in a paid for program, that's not going to feel so good either. Yeah. So where you've got a handful of resources that can be, you know, easily accessed and they're free already or there's a post that answers the question, signpost people like that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah. So I've just thought of I had this question earlier, it went up my head, it's come back. Um I think we spoke before on Instagram um about doing more kind of like charity work um yeah. and kind of offering your services unpaid to kind of like charities or brands yeah. that you feel like could benefit from them. Um I'm that's something that I'm really interested in, but the whole concept of it kind of scares me a little bit in terms of boundaries and not being like taken advantage of for working unpaid um, and being able to manage it so that you're still making enough money but having the time to do something like that Um, so Mm -hmm. what's your experience being with it? It does come down to boundaries like again it is that's the that's the most important thing so um, if you're if you're looking to do some pro bono work some consultancy work having really clear parameters of what you're going to be delivering or supporting with is really important because what you don't want to do is the same it's the same concept as what we were just talking about what you don't want to do is be going in and then just feeling like you're an employee that's working for free so what you want to be doing is bringing your skills to the table to benefit the charity or to help them but so it's, it's an equal level playing field it's not like you're employed by them and that you're just getting work dumped on you like how I do it with my pro bono consultancy work now is that I give an hour of my time a month to a charity that I absolutely adore and they can come and they can pick my brains. We can brainstorm together. They know I'm at the end of the phone if they need me, but they don't take advantage of it. And if they did, I would, I would say, listen, I'm really happy to help you guys, but these are the kind of boundaries that we have in place. Um, and it's just about setting that up from the, from the get go so that you both understand the relationship. So what are you both getting out of it? What are you offering? And if you want to offer two hours social media consultancy or you want to offer two hours digital marketing um, delivery or something, you know, like whatever feels good to you, then that's fine. But it's just about having that real clarity on what that agreement looks like. And you can put it in place in a contract if you wanted to as well. Like that Mm -hmm. would work. So you can contract it. Um, But it's about finding what feels good to you, what feels in alignment, what's going to be a benefit to the charity how it's going to work for both of you. So they're getting what, you know, something out of it and you're getting something out of it, but it doesn't feel like it's um, an out of balance relationship where you're being treated like an employee or they're not actually feeling like they get much benefit from it. And it's just sort of ticking a box of you being like, hey, I do this free stuff for this charity. It's about finding that sweet spot for the both of you. And that really does come down to um, really open communication and having really firm boundaries and parameters of work in place. And do they always come to you or do you ever kind of say like, look, I love what you do. I'd love to help. Or yeah, I'd go out to people one hundred percent. I've had mine have come through my network. So previously, I've obviously got again it comes back to relationships. Yeah. Like that opportunities have come up from there. This charity that I do the pro bono stuff for, I actually was employed as a consultant by them, and then it's naturally kind of as I helped them grow and and re-strategize, um and restructure they naturally didn't need me as a consultant, which is great because that's where I wanted them to get to. Yeah. So then I made the offer to them, and I was like, look, I love you guys love to stay around like and help you 
how does this sound as an offer? And that's how it came about. But I would 100% be going out to people as well if, if I wanted to. Mm. I find a charity that I loved and I'd say, love what you do. This is why. Would you be interested in having a conversation about some, you know, some pro bono work around this, this and this? And that's how I would do it for sure. Like there's no, there's no hard and fast rule that can come to you or you can go to it. It yeah. depends what you want and how much you want it. Yeah, no, it's definitely something I'm interested in, but it's something I don't really see anyone talk about. And I was kind of like, how does this work? So yeah. It kind of works however you want it to. Like, that's the yeah. answer. But I would um, find a way to make it work for you. And do you kind of strictly say that for them you'll only do consultancy? Because I know for me, like, what takes up a lot of my time in terms of clients is physically, like, creating content and writing stuff. So I think... Yeah. I'd probably do similar and say you get like an hour of my time to kind of pick my brain like you said yeah. rather than I think if I kind of signed into something where I was physically doing the work I think that's when it would kind of take over my life like working for free you're volunteering then basically so that's and it's fine if that's what you want to do because a lot of charities you know rely on volunteers um but it depends what feels good to you if you mm. don't want to do something in business, in life, like that's that's fine. You have to stand by that, right? So then offer what you what you feel called to offer and have that discussion. And actually if it's not gonna work for them, it's not gonna work for them. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're not offering, here I am, use me as you wish, have whatever you want. Like you're offering to go in and deliver this service and to help them out. And if, mm-hmm. if that's not right for them, that's totally fine as well. Like it's it's all good. Like that's fine. It's about having those conversations. And if you have resistance around doing something like delivery for free, because that's a paid for service, quite rightly, that's a paid for service. Like that is absolutely fine. You just don't offer it. And if they ask for it, you say, falls outside the uh, the remit of, you know, what I'm, what, I, what I'm available to volunteer. However, if you wanted to look at engaging my services, we can have a chat about that. Like that's how I would approach that for sure. Yeah, it's kind of it's a difficult one isn't it when especially when it comes to money you always get these like awkward conversations as well it's money mindset that's the money mindset yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely hate talking about money when it comes to like sending an invoice hate it I get the sweats I get anxiety just before like I click send an email I'm like rereading the email for like the 10th time have I made any spelling mistakes have I put the right amount on the invoice and I'm like oh my my god and I click send I'm like because money is money is a great thing right it's just an exchange of energy mm. you deserve to be highly compensated for the work that you deliver and for the skills that you bring to the table so actually there's just uh it's just an exchange of energy someone is wanting your services and you're delivering them and the way that that happens is the exchange of money so you're exchanging yeah. money mm. for services so there's definitely a shift around taking yeah. the power out of the money bit and like that it, money is just a thing it's just energy so actually it's just the exchange that's that's the thing that um that's the conduit to each person getting what they want right it's just yeah. the lever that gets yeah. pulled so if you can take the power out of it and take the meaning out of money from that perspective and stop giving it so much power mm-hmm. that whole um this whole stress around it the whole anxiety around it the whole like panic around money will certainly shift because it's just taking the power away from it and taking it back into your hands and just realizing that actually that's just the exchange like that's all that's Mm. all it is and it's everywhere money's everywhere so you know if you want to do something and it requires a skill you would pay for that skill for someone to do something and it's quite it's just the other way around right you you would go into a shop and you would 
give money for a pair of trains. I can see you've got some nice trains behind you. Like, <laughs> you, know, you would go into a shop and you would give money for that thing that you want, right? And you probably don't yeah. feel the panic about doing that, right? Handing yeah. over your card to pay for them. So if you can have, if you can remove the meaning that you put on money when someone's paying you, and remember how great you feel when you buy something that you love or you exchange money for something that you want, service, a coach, products, anything, like if we can channel that energy in instead, like how great does that feel? I love sending invoices because I'm like, this is amazing because I get to serve this person. Like I get to I get to help this person get more visible or get more confident or grow their business. And that's just the exchange that happens in order for that relationship to then move forward again. Like it's super exciting how amazing that someone wants to pay you for your skills and your expertise. Like that's a, that's a joy and a privilege that you get to send them an invoice. So if we can shift the power out of it, it becomes so much easier. Yeah. I do totally get it. I think it's just reminding myself of it. Like I understand the mindset, but sometimes like the bad thoughts take over. Like it's like sending an invoice. I get these thoughts of like, oh, are they going to question it? Like, are they going to wonder? Like, I don't even know what I get anxious about. But luckily, mine are automated, so I just kind of detach hey, from there it. We go. I just go out and I'm like, yeah. If it's wrong, I'm go. like, it wasn't I, me. <laughs> so you've taken the stress out of it immediately. There, that's amazing. Yeah. So you do the things that make it easier for you, but definitely mm. money mindset work there. Like that's just um, you know, overcoming those um, maybe imposter syndrome or anything that's mm. coming up. Because actually, it's just an exchange. So that's all it is. Yeah. I have to find, I saw this, like, I think it was just a podcast clip on TikTok. I can't remember what podcast it was. It was these two girls talking about money mindset. And one of them said, like, you might, like, do, like, a really healthy shop and spend loads on, like, organic fruit and veg. And some people will say, like, oh, I'm so poor. I've just spent all my money on food. But you've got to reframe it as you're not poor you've literally swapped your money for like health and something that's going to make you healthy yeah. and it's the exact same balance you've not lost anything you've just swapped yeah. it and I think that completely like reframed my mindset yeah amazing like what a great reframe that is like yeah, you're not just, you're not poor it's just you? keeping you've it up a choice. Remember. <laughs> yeah empowered choices like thinking about mm. it like that like not a have to but an empowered choice like that makes money so much more exciting yeah you just feel like you're out in life just like trading things yeah living your best life <laughs> money always comes back so yeah we know all the sayings we just don't implement it <laughs> yeah it does do you know it, it takes time like mindset yeah. work is um like your mind is a muscle like you have to keep working you mm. have to keep flexing you have to keep building it it's not a one and done job like we need to keep flooding it with positivity treat it like a sponge that's absorbing everything you tell it so if every month you get the wobbles around sending an invoice or you well you know when you know your invoice has gone out you're like oh, is someone gonna come like you know come back and um contradict me or challenge me on it like you're feeding that into your subconscious every single month so then you're gonna feel like it again so actually bringing real awareness to how you feel around um these situations that trigger you and being able to shift through that and really work through it instead of like it just being like oh, oh done for another month okay now I'll just deal with it again next month mm. actually if you can work through that and really acknowledge what the feelings are and try and pinpoint the triggers then that's going to really help you reframe and reset that money mindset for sure because eventually if you start to tell it tell your um subconscious and your conscious mind more positives around money like that's what you're going to start to believe because it's our mind doesn't know the difference between um, what we tell it and what is true 
So therefore, if we keep telling it all the good things, eventually that's what is going to be our, our natural state and our go-to. So mm-hmm. it's just a real shift, a real shift. Yeah, I mean, it's we're not days into August and I still haven't sent my July invoices. There you go, challenge. Challenge for today, send yeah, today. July invoices. <laughs> I love this little money mindset bonus we've got going on. <laughs> I know, we've gone from visibility to money mindset. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I feel like that kind of leads on to a next question. So I don't know if you've listened to our other podcasts, but a section that we have is when we ask about your favourite quote. Um, okay. That's why that we love quotes because of, like we both feel like quotes can really empower people. It can really change our mindset on things. Like you talking then has changed my mindset on invoices. I'll send my invoices today. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, do you have like a quote that, it's just very memorable to you that helps you with whatever and might help other people oh, I love a good quote so I have um I have like these affirmation cards that I pull every morning let me show you this one so this one was one for today so it says make yourself your number one priority so I'm a big fan of lots of different quotes but one that I put on my um just find it I put on my Instagram a few weeks ago that I absolutely just love and everyone else loved it as well um let me find it quickly for you. Here we go. So it is, uh, we are the granddaughters of the witches they could not burn. Like, I really love that because I talk a lot about overcoming imposter syndrome, a lot about the witch wound, a lot about getting visible and how women hold themselves back and how we've been conditioned through, you know, generational trauma. And it's our DNA that, you know, women were made to be seen and not heard, you know, good little girls mm-hmm. are seen and not heard, like playing small, Anyone who spoke out, wise women, healers, they were always the ones who were persecuted, right? So that for me is a really powerful quote that like, we need to remember that we have got the opportunity here to turn the tide for the next generation. Every step forward we take is a step further forward that our daughters and our granddaughters and our great granddaughters start ahead, you know? So for me, that is such a powerful quote that it makes me think like, our ancestors would be so proud of where we are right now. And our descendants are going to be so grateful for the steps that we take forward each day. And that, I think, is like the ripple effect of, of women rising and using their voices and showing up and getting powerfully visible is just so monumentally um, impactful. And the long lasting legacy of that is going to be like something that we can't even comprehend at the moment. So I love that quote. I think that's a really powerful quote. And then I often use... Um, PR is a marathon, not sprint. Like that's a, that's one that's kind of at the heart of the business. Like you have to be willing to be in it for the long game, mm-hmm. because actually, if you just want quick results, like go and pay your five hundred quid to be in a list and like use your logo. Mm-hmm. Like that's not going to get you the long lasting credibility, trust, authority, expert status. But if you're in it for the long game and you're willing to put the effort in and you're willing to stick with it, then you're going to create a sustainable legacy business that's going to hang around. You know, stand the test of time. Isn't just going to be an Instagram business that's gone in a year or two years. So for me, PR is a marathon, not sprint. That's a really powerful quote. Gosh, there's so many. I love a good quote. Um, <laughs> a lion doesn't doesn't concern itself with the opinion of sheep. We mentioned that oh, earlier. Yeah. That's a really great one. Like that's you know, it's all about empowerment. Really, like, so much empowerment. Like, yeah. for quotes, isn't there? So yeah. yeah, I mean, to be honest, they probably change daily, but those those are kind of ones <laughs> that I probably live by and, and use a lot. So yeah, I love them. How about you guys? What are your favorite quotes? Tell me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I can't remember what ones we've done so far. A lot of ours usually all come back to the same topic of like being on the right path, 
it's mm. not meant to be it won't be things happen for a reason all those kind of typical ones they wow. all are kind of variations of sort of like manifesting things and attracting things and things being right for you so ours usually kind of tend to go down that path but yeah I need some I need some like money mindset quotes I think yeah I think some money mindset affirmations would be (laughs) awesome for you guys (laughs) yeah definitely my favorite one is rejection is redirection oh I love that that's great I always think about like if something doesn't work out like I'm not going to beat myself up over it I mean for anyone that's just started out of business you're going to face a lot of rejection as as well as like a lot of good things as well but you're going to have a lot of rejection and it's just at first it's really hard not to take it personally mm-hmm. but as you grow and you see more good things happen to you in the, the day is just redirection like it's just re- redirecting you to something good yeah I think that's such a powerful quote love that (laughs) no this has been so helpful because I mean we said in our intro that we both had like no clue about PR whatsoever we kind of like is it where you just kind of like get in a magazine (laughs) we we knew nothing so it was really nice to kind of get an insight into actually what it is and what you do um and I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people because I think you hear the word PR just thrown around and it's one of those things you're just like, but what is it? Because no one ever really explains to you. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been really helpful and thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, and that's the thing, like PR is it's so powerful. It's such a powerful tool to include in your visibility strategy. And of course there is that, you know, traditional media relations getting featured in the press, one of the most powerful ways to get visible still now. You know, the credibility, the authority, the expert status that comes from being in the press is is unrivaled. But there is so much more to it as well, like podcast guesting, like, you know, the influencer marketing, like all of the blurred lines between digital marketing and PR like that we've discussed. There's so much more to it. And in reality, most business owners are doing some PR in some form. And -hmm. it's just about recognizing that it's so much more than just media relations, even though that is like the creme de la creme, in my opinion, still. (laughs) So, yeah, super exciting. I hope that this has been helpful. And there's uh, there's lots of juicy tidbits in here for you all. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thank you. Amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys. So that was Rhiannon from Garnet PR. Um, I don't know if anyone else that was listening, watching, whatever, knew what PR was um <laughs> just like it's so clueless I knew I only know from like influencer stuff that's all I really knew about PR um I never really knew exactly what the extent of it being in business was I knew they had some kind of involvement but I didn't know exactly what I mean I could kind of guess but it's with like all of these like industries and business terms it's the same with like HR as well it's one of those things where people be like oh I work in PR I work in HR or whatever and you're just like okay and then no one ever explains what it is you're just like okay cool that's something (laughs) you never know what it is yeah I mean PR sounds so fun to be involved with it's just it sounds like there's always something different going on which is like a job that I've always wanted is like I need something different every day like whether I'm in a completely different location one day and the next day I'm at home doing like video editing the next day I'm doing like social media stuff and the next day I'm in a completely different location again I need that like the the one thing I found tedious um, about when I worked in employment was right I've got to get to work for eight sit in the office for eight 
nine hours and then finish at five, go home, have dinner, yeah. have a shower, go to bed. Fun. Love it. What a fun life. And that, <laughs> that, actually, that sounds like me taking piss out of people that enjoy that. If that works for you, that works for you. But mm-hmm. no, I would get the Sunday scaries all the time and I would just find, like, as soon as I got the Sunday scaries with like any job because I mean if you've listened to the first episode you know that was a bit of a um job hopper um whenever I got Sunday scaries that's me done because I'll get Sunday scaries and I'll be like oh I really don't want to go to work tomorrow I'm like I'm getting really anxious and then I'll be like oh hi I'm ill I'm not (laughs) ill I don't want to come in um but honestly just getting involved and just working full-time in your own company it's just so different you don't get Sunday scaries anymore so if you are still listening this is your sign if you haven't set up your own company yet and you've been debating doing it it, do it do it now get your Instagram up now carry on listening you don't have to pause us carry on listening Um, go on Instagram or Facebook whatever your preferred platform is just get that one platform up and go from there promote it on your personal I'm I always promote my business on my personal yeah don't be like shy I don't know though some people say like to get started they have to like block everyone they know just so they don't like freak out like do what you gotta do but just don't care about what people think honestly I I did used to care at the start so like if you were to go back on my grids like my the best way I can describe how my posts used to be is so like rigid and just not me. Now I'm more me on my account. And yeah. you really need to do that. And like back then when I was being all rigid, like I had one client. And the only reason why I got that client is because of a word of mouth. Like she just happened to hear about me through my boyfriend. So I wasn't really going anywhere with that. you got to be yourself and you will attract people that are like you. What's that? This is a quote. Um, your it. vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah. Who was it that said that? Was it Libby? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Libby said that. So Libby's quote Wait, is Libby. <laughs> Thanks for that, Libby. Um. Yeah. Your vibe attracts your tribe. So just be you. Set up that company. Do it now. Do it now. Okay. I'm done with the whispering. I think I did that like last week. I've done that in another episode. I'll stop doing it um but if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed any of our episodes and you haven't rated us on spotify or apple Podcasts yet go rate us now we've been stuck oh my at God. five ratings come on and we, we see we get a lot more than five listeners rate us come on but rate us we haven't us mentioned as well that there's a little hidden benefit to listening to the episode the whole way through if you are listening to this, you have the opportunity to send us a message on Instagram letting us know who you are and what you do and we will give you a shout out here on the podcast. But you have to have heard this to know. So if you don't make it to the end, you will never know. But if you're listening to this, you do know. So do it. <laughs> this is just when we're talking to ourselves. Lovely. They, they click off as soon as I start doing ASMR. <laughs> I, think the view, I think the views do, like, drop when the guests leave. Yeah, but I would I would drop out when the guests leave. 
I think as soon as you like sense that it's coming to the end, it's kind of like, okay, I guess that's it. You're just like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm not going to get anything out of it. But yeah. that's the trick. If they keep listening, you do get something out of it. Yeah, exactly. So send us a message so that you've heard us this far. Say whatever. Just insinuate the fact that you've listened this far, I guess. Um, rate us five stars. Uh, right, you, tell your friends yeah you can follow us on spotify and apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe and like on youtube and then you can follow us on instagram girls in biz and you can follow rhiannon okay garnet pr underscore uk so you can follow rhiannon there but all the links will be in the notes section or the description if you're watching on youtube um but yeah i've said everything i wanted to say Rate us. That's everything. Adios. Bye. Bye. Bye.